you, Lord. She was saying it uh, this morning. And I was like, man, oh, man. Whew. It was just, oh, just one more hour, Lord. One more hour. And I tell you, <clears throat> now see, East Coast is home. You know, Maryland is home for me, but my body is not used to these allergies anymore. I tell you that. I've been like halls and what was it, the essential oils this morning. I was like <laughs> trying to open up as much as I could. Praise God. But God is good. Amen. And uh, I am just thankful. Thankful to definitely be Thank you all for waking up this morning and coming. Hallelujah. I think so. I thought so. You know, these the dangle things, you know. They're just popping. But this is slower, folk. Take a little bit longer time, but it's all good. No, but I tell you, God, God is a good God. And, um, I love to be in his presence. I love to just seek after him. And, you know, I love what I feel. Just the same as last night. I'm just thankful somebody was, you know, filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I tell you, it's worth it all. But um, we're going to I'm gonna sing a song, Help Me, Holy Ghost, this morning. But thankful for his presence. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In and out of situations that tug of war in me. All day long I struggle for the answers that I need. But then I come into his presence and every question becomes clear. And for that sacred moment, no doubt can interfere Cause in the presence of Jehovah God Almighty 
Everybody's thankful for his presence. Oh, thank you, God, for your presence. Hallelujah, that, God, we can run into and find refuge and find strength, find hope, find peace. That everything we need, God, it is there in your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're so good. One more time. Can we lift up our voices? Can we bless his name? God, you're worthy. You are worthy, God. You are great and greatly, greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, one more time, I just wanted to say thank you again to Sister Wyatt just for the invitation of being able to be here today. Again, I never want to take it for granted. 
excuse me. But I'm so thankful. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Now, I'll tell you, this is just just maybe elementary and simple thinking, but sometimes I think it's good to go back to just some basics. And as a sister was reading that poem today, it was as God just speaking to me, um, sitting there. It's like it's going hand in hand because in being filled of God, not just to the brim, but to the point that it's overflowing, then it's able to touch and overflow everything that you put your hands to. And that's the point and that's the place that I want my life to remain. I want I want to not just seek after him for things, but I want to pursue his presence so that my life will be a reflection of him in every single area. Amen. So Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 and it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now that can seem very sombering, you know, but in truth and in actuality, um, there is a hope in the scripture. And I think that's what we're wanting to dig out this morning, if that's okay. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how it's going to come out. Maybe it's going to be more, I think, teaching and conversation today. Um, and maybe get a little practical, if that's all right. Um, because what's most important, I feel, is that we walk away with something that when time comes, we're able to refer back, pull it out, and use and apply. Because that's the purpose of God's word. It's not, that's what the scripture's talking about of not being hearers only, but being doers. So that when I hear it, it's not just something that sounds good to my ear, but when I'm in the midst, I'm able to then activate and apply it. So that's what I'm meaning, that we get a little practical today. So Philippians, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi. And he's just saying that I may know him. The purpose of this walk with him is that I can know Christ. And in knowing him, that I know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. So when talking about knowing God, see, we can know about people. And now we have this wonderful tool of social media that we can seem to know about a person's life, to, to, to have a perception 
of somebody or something. But it's not until you actually be with them on a day-to-day basis that you really, truly get to know who someone is. And this is talking about relationship. It's talking about um, even more than just friendship, even more than just simply relationship. But here to know it's talking about an intimacy. It's talking about a deeper knowledge of who God is. And the crazy part about it is that God knows you and I so deeply. He knows every single detail about you and I. But it's understanding that he wants us to have that same kind of hunger and desire that he has for us, for us to have, to, to want to get to know him in the same way. And so it's desiring to know his character, to know and understand the mind of God, to know and understand the heartbeat of God, to understand his thoughts, the way that he thinks. Now, mind you, yeah, God is so big and so huge that we will never, ever get to a point of being able to completely understand God in his totality just because of the simple fact that he is immeasurable. So it will take a lifetime. So even when you think you have arrived, you've only just scratched the surface. That even when you thought you'd hit a plateau, that there is a whole new place, a new depth to go in God, a new height to go in God, a new level, just a piece of his glory that he just said, I'll just, just, that's actually, actually just a little wink. You can't handle all of me. You can only handle just a little bit of me. But you know, that doesn't have to be something of discouragement, but rather let that be the hunger the desire, as Paul said in Psalm 42, not Paul, David said in Psalm 42, 1 and 2, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. See, it's, 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 it's that I, I can't do anything God I without you I need your hand I need your presence I need your glory to walk with me I need you to talk with me I need you to be with me God in every single aspect and area of my life because in being this woman of faith how can I reflect God if I don't know who he is How can I show the world who Christ is if I myself do not know who he is? And it's not when it comes to Christ and when it comes to him, it's not about me doing what I want to do. It's about digging into the word because, again, it's understanding that God and his word are one in the same. You cannot separate the two. That's why he said, again, in his word, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Going down to verse 14, that's John 1 and 1. Going down to verse 14, then the word was made flesh. So when you talk about knowing him, it's, it's knowing him through prayer, through relationship, but through the word. Because that's going to be the foundation. 
that when things come and when winds blow and 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 uh I think, did we read that scripture last night? That with every wind of doctrine that try to come in and blow and deter and make you think, hmm, ha, hmm. It's not about what I think. It's not what I believe. But it's about what does the word of God say. Because when it comes down to it, man, in our humanity, we are flawed. But when everything else is torn away, the Bible says his word shall remain. So in wanting to know him, it's getting in that word, hungering for it. Because when I want to reflect him in my home, I got to know how to do that. In wanting to show forth the love of Christ to my coworker, I've got to know how to do that. When I want to, 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 to testify about the goodness of God, yes, it's through my experience. But then when it becomes something more, when they're wanting to know a reason, a knowledge, an understanding, I've got to know where to do that and how to do that. It's in relationship with him. And the relationship goes hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. The Bible says that he seeks those for a true worshiper. What is the definition of a true worshiper? They that worship him, spirit, and in truth. Spirit that gives the life. That gives the 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 um, rejuvenation, but truth gives the foundation. Truth is what gives the grounding. It gives the meat. So when you only have spirit, if you're not careful, it can just become fluff and emotion. But then, if you only have truth, then you become critical. But it's when you have spirit and truth, they go hand in hand. And that's what keeps, keeps it, keeps you and I as that worshiper, that the word and that truth is alive and moving and breathing in our everyday life. That that is when we come into his presence and we get to worship. It's then I not only worship you according to how I feel, but I worship you according to how I know and understand you to be. To know him. Hallelujah. Because then in my time of worshiping and in my time of being with you it's not just worshiping you because i feel like it but i'm able to worship you even in moments that it seems unsure but i worship you because i know in whom i believe i know in whom i serve that you are a god Hallelujah, that is able to keep me, that's able to hold me, that you know the way that I take, that God 
It's not even just in knowing you, but when you move upon me, God, there is something that begins to stir. Like Jeremiah said, that it becomes like a fire shut up in my bones that I can't hold it in, but I've got to let it out. To know him, to know him, and to seek after him, and to hunger for him. David also said it this way in Psalm 63, 1 and 2. God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so I have seen thee in the sanctuary. See, I love this because this then becomes personal, that you're not just so-and-so's God. You're not just my mama's God. You're not just my grandma God. You're not just my youth pastor's God. You're not just my pastor. You're my God. My God. Now, he's still working on me on the early. But early will I seek thee before I step foot out of the door that, God, I seek you. I seek you. That, you know, something that my youth pastor did teach us in our youth is that it's not about quantity, but it's about quality. Because when you have quality, The quantity will eventually increase. But quality time with God. Just that quiet time. And you know, again, I'm going to just talk about myself. That you can have so many voices and so many things that's happening in your mind. There's so much negative talk that happens in your mind. And can I be honest that there are moments when you do talk and you connect with God, you know, and you quiet the voices. But then some way, somehow, it's like either the enemy or your flesh comes back in and begins to speak again. This is where, and I'm learning, I'm talking this practical talk not saying that I have attained but I am learning that when they come back because they will come back this is where you have to dig in a bit deeper and you know it's where you sometimes you have to it's not necessarily about you secluding yourself that's not the answer But what you do need to do is whatever you ingest is what's going to come out. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I've recognized for me that a lot of negative talk comes when I begin to compare myself to other things, when I find that I'm ingesting a lot more 
of outer things, not that they're necessarily bad things, but I begin to ingest a lot more of just cares of life rather than ingesting my word, rather than ingesting the positive, you know, the the truths of God. Because then I find that that's when it's like I'm looking and it's like, oh, who do you think and how in the world and woe is me, me, oh my. But I find that when I begin to readjust and I begin to just let some of the stuff, like I said, it's not necessarily sin. But it's just that it becomes an indulgence. I don't know if that's even the right word. But you're out of balance. And when you begin to get back into balance and begin to ingest his word, his truth, it begins to change. You know... God's so smart. (laughs) That's why he said in Romans that it's by the renewing of your mind. That transformation happens by the renewing of your mind. That when those things come, that's when you got to think, oh, Lord, only let those things which are pure, those things which are good, those things which are lovely, let those be the things, God, that, that, that come to my mind. Lord, casting down the negative thoughts, casting down just the negativity, God, because in this world it's so full of it. But God, when I'm seeking you, Lord, help me, God, to see myself the way that you see me. That, God, it's not a prideful or haughty way, but the things that you see in me. God, help me to see me the way that you see me. Not according to what this person or that person sees me, but according to the way that you see me. And that, God... Help me to see my reflection in your word because it's understanding there's a complete difference between conviction and condemnation. Because condemnation rips and tears down. But but um, conviction actually shows, reveals so that it can build you up. And so it's when it's like, God, help me to see you. Help me to see me the way that you see me according to your word so that when you're dealing with me, it's not that I'm sitting here thinking, oh, woe is me. I can never do. I can never be. But, Lord, if you really think those things about me, then, God, work on me. Work in me so that you can work through me. To know him. That's what this process is about. 
that God, you transform the way that I think. Transform my mind. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew that right spirit within me so that, God, I can reflect you in every single place and area of my life so that I am this woman of faith. But not just in words, but in deed and in lifestyle. Because you know why? Can I tell you all, last Sunday, we had, I mean, and I've heard people say, you know, that there are people in the world that have never set foot in the church. Like, you've never been. Me, I'm like, oh, I'm sure there are. But it's like, come on, you've had to have gone to church one time or another. But no, last Sunday there was really a guy that walked in the church who had never set foot in a church before. That was his first experience of a church. Now he came in on the Sunday where we was just, you know, brother man over here was shouting, pew, and took a little lap. He sang the song War. That's a story within itself. But praise God, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, amen. But the reality is, is that there are people in the world that way. And if there are people that have never set foot in a church, but even more so who's never opened up the word of God, that your and my lifestyle, this is this, again, maybe it's just me, <laughs> but my prayer is that God, I want them to be able to know who you are not because of me not because of what i do not because of who i am because lord you know i'm nothing and nobody because you can use a rock if you want to but whomever i come in contact with that they are able to see you reflected the reason i say that is because uh, now, I wasn't raised in church all my life. I received the Holy Ghost at 13. But what happened was there was a young person at school. She was the only apostolic in the entire school. And she was different. And it attracted my eye. I knew that there was something different. I just couldn't put my finger on it. And she never said anything to me. But something was different about her countenance, about who she was. And it piqued a hunger. And so just as a result of that beginning, it's like, Lord, that's the kind of walk as women of God that we have. That you don't even have to open up your mouth. You don't have to say anything, but it's just something in the way that you live, that your lifestyle peaks, because that's how the spirit is. That's how the glory is. It attracts, that it opens up something within people. That even if they never open up the word of God or step foot into a, a church, that the testimony of God and his glory and his power is written all over our lives. 
to see thy power and thy glory. So I have seen thee in the sanctuary. That God, your glory and your power is not just in four walls. But when I'm pumping gas at the gas station. When I'm at Walmart getting some groceries, getting a, what is it? I could do everything at Walmart while I'm getting my oil changed. Maybe do a little shopping and grocery shopping, you know. But as I am going about my daily walk, that people see something different, even in a simple smile. That they see the power and the glory of God. As it's seen in the sanctuary. Now, I don't know, I may mess with you a little bit here, but I'm gonna ask you a question Can you walk with God and not know Him? Can you walk with God and not know Him? Yes, you can. How in the world can you say that? The example that we have is Judas. He walked with God. He saw the miracles that God had done. He was there. He was counted among the disciples. But when it all came down to it, it was simply walking with him, but not becoming engrafted and in relationship with the master. See, because both Judas and Peter messed up. However, one ended up preaching. I mean, preaching, as some people would say, the greatest message because it was the birth of the church. But both messed up. Both turn their back on God. It's just that one found that place of repentance and the other one didn't. But they both walked with him. They both talked with him. They both fellowshiped with him. So what that says to me, that it has to be more than just a walk. It has to be more than just a walk. More than just a walk in association. More than just a walk of occupation and deeds. But it has to be an intimate relationship. Philippians 3, 9 and 10. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Because I love different versions. Sometimes I just need a little something more. It says, And that I may actually be found and known as in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own, based on my obedience to the law's demands, ritualistic uprightness, and supposed right standing with God thus acquired, but possessing that genuine righteousness 
which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God, which comes from which comes from God by saving faith for my determined purpose. I love that one. My determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. That I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. And that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. That's a lot right there. But it's a process. This is an ongoing process. I love to see this is my purpose. As a child of God, as wanting to be called a woman after God's heart, trying to reflect him, my purpose is that I am progressively becoming deeply and intimately acquainted with him Mm. so that I can know him. Because, see, in knowing him, and the closer I get to him, I see it as like a mirror. That the closer I get to him, I'm able to see myself for who I am. That if I'm not reflecting him, then Lord, take it out of me. If there is something that's separating me from you, God, take it out of me. Because, God, I want to be as close to you as I most possibly can get. I want to not just walk with you, but I want to be found in you. I want to be found in you. And, yeah, it does come through his sufferings at times. But we we hear these words, but it's true. You only become to know him, hallelujah, as a deliverer, only when you've been captured. You only know him, hallelujah, as a healer, when you've been sick and he's come to you as a healer. You only truly get to know him as a friend that sticketh closer than a brother when you've been by yourself and all alone. But he comes to say, my daughter, I have not left you, but I've been walking with you this entire time. You only know him as a peace giver when you've been in the midst of chaos. And he steps in and he calms the storm. 
Because it's one thing. You can't just necessarily, I mean, you can get up and testify. I know there's a lawyer in the courtroom, a doctor in the, in, in, I don't know, what is it, the hospital. You know, you can say the words, but it's something different when you've been there and you know him in that way for yourself. That I may progressively become more like him and know him deeply and more intimately so that I can understand the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly so that I can understand a little bit clearer how he thinks. Because when it comes down to it, my thoughts, (laughs) they really don't matter. What I believe, meaning personally, my own personal inter it don't matter in comparison to him. So, Lord, that's why I want to know you more clearly so that your thoughts become my thoughts. Your ways are my ways. That, God, I truly reflect you. That's my purpose. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2 to 3. Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read for all men. What's going on here? Paul is writing this to the Corinthian church, and he's saying that you, you and I, we are to be living epistles where the written word is within our heart so that all men can read it. Verse 3, for as much as ye are manifested, declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. I've said it before, we come in contact with people every day. And we are to be that living epistle mom. See, I don't have that privilege of being a mom. But you have the wonderful privilege of your babies being able to not just read the written word, but to read the word upon your life in your daily walk. Women of God in here, whether you're in school, where your fellow classmates are able to see God in your daily actions, or whether it is your coworkers that are able to see God's word written upon your life in your daily walk. To know him. Last but not least, John chapter 2. 23 through 25. It says, Now, when he was in Jerusalem, this is talking about Christ, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed 
in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew what was in man. Now, I'm not standing here as no Greek scholar or anything, but when you look up the word believe, and see, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, but when you look at that Greek word believe, it means to commit, to have faith, and believe. So when we were reading in 23, it was saying that many believed in Christ's name. Because they saw the miracles. But then when you look in the Greek, look up this word commit, it's actually the same word. It's the same word that they use for believe. But it's used in a different tense. And it was um, translated into commit. So even though you have, going back and reading the scripture, It's saying that there were many people there that believed on this Passover day in the name of Christ. Many said that they believed because they saw miracles. Many at that moment, they committed themselves because they saw miracles. But see, Christ knew the intent. And here we see that Christ was saying, I know your true heart and I can't commit myself to you because I know really and truly what's in the inner part of you. I don't know about you, but I want it to be where God says, I am, I'm committed, just I'm, I'm entwined with you. I want God to be able to trust me with his secrets. I want him to be able to 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 speak to me. I want him to tell secrets. <laughs> I want him to be able to entrust me with secrets. And in reading this, I want it to be where it's not just a walk of convenience. It's not just a relationship of convenience where I walk with him because of what he's able to do or what I want him to do or what I need him to do in my moment or hour of need. But I want it to be a commitment that this is a relationship. This is an intimate walk with him because he knows my heart. Because he knows the truest desire of my heart is to be found in him. God, search me. Search me. And I know at this moment it's a somber time. But if there's anything for us ladies to walk out of here with is that we serve a powerful, awesome Savior who is so hungry and in love with you and I, that he has such great plans for you and I, that he has such a future for you and I. 
but it's according to what we allow him to do. And that in this relationship with him, that it's when we walk out of this place, when we go home, when we go about our lives, when we go about whatever we do, that it's keeping in mind that, Lord, everything I want you to be reflected in so that when trials and difficulty come, it's because I know you that I can walk in peace. I know the situation seems rocky, but Lord, because I know in whom I believe, because I know the walk and relationship that I have with you, that God, you are my peace giver. You are my keeper in the midst of my storm. That when you walk out of here, whatever you may have to face on your job, that you can walk with a smile and a confidence because you know that he knows the plans that he has for you. That they are of good and not evil. That when you walk out of here, that maybe situations and things don't change, but that maybe you allow God to change you. That you then begin to see things the way that he sees them. That it's, Lord, maybe you're teaching me something in this season. And maybe you are trying to work something out of me so that you can put better, greater into me. And in knowing that, I can walk out with a smile and a confidence in saying, this is a season and God, I'm going to maximize this season. I don't know and don't need to know. that he's holding you and I just in the palm of his hand. He knows the way that you and I take. And in all of it, God, I just want to get close to you so that whomever you allow me to come in contact with may come to know you through my life. Because that's what it's about, ladies. That's what it's about. To know him. To draw closer to him. Hallelujah. I don't even know if you know this one. But draw me nearer. Nearer, blessed Lord. To the cross.
you sing it to the Lord? Draw me sing it a cappella. Let's sing it out. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me Said Lord to thy precious bleeding side hmm. to worship you, I live to worship you, I live, I live to worship you. That's our purpose, God. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship you. That's our prayer today, God. Oh, to worship. 